Welcome back to the Jaws Obsession, where we are here to share with you, prove to you, convince you, or remind you that Jaws is the greatest movie of all time. Welcome back again, once again, with episode 17. Can you believe it? We are at 17. The last few episodes were pretty heavy, and as they should be, while we approach the infamous and elusive episode 20, we're now just three episodes away from episode 20 in The Big Reveal. I wanted to uh, shift gears, have a lighthearted episode, and have a celebration of Jaws locations. The movie Jaws is set on Amity Island, but it was filmed on Martha's Vineyard, which is an island in the state of Massachusetts that's off of the coast of Cape Cod. And many fans every year make a trip to Martha's Vineyard to go location hunting. So what I wanted to do was bring someone on the show that is the most experienced and knowledgeable Jaws tour guide on the island and introduce him and the Eggertown Tour Company to everybody in the Jaws obsession. This tour changed my whole outlook on Jaws. It was an experience. It's something I recommend to anyone that is going to Martha's Vineyard. When you connect with other Jaws fans, the experience becomes that much more well-rounded. To have a tour guide of this caliber, it is really special. And that's why I wanted to dedicate this entire episode in introducing everybody to the Eggertown Tour Company. So let's get right into the interview. Okay, and on the show here, we have Mike Currid of the Eggertown Tour Company. Mike, how are you doing today? Doing great, Ryan. How are you? 
Oh, very good. Very good. Thank you for coming on the show. We are all big fans of your Jaws tour, and I'm so glad to have you on the show because you're part of this process. You probably didn't know, but you're part of this process that started two years ago to bring us here for this episode 17. What I always tell, say over the course of the show was we always say, we always say Jaws is the greatest movie of all time because of how it connects people and, and many can relate to different parts and characters of the movie and affects us all in different ways. How did you get into the Jaws Amity Tour and become such a stellar tour guide to the locations of Jaws? So I am actually the youngest of five kids, and I was, although I was negative seven when Jaws was released, it was available for me to watch from a very young age. I can still picture our pirated VHS copy with Jaws written in, <laughs> uh, you know, red capital letters on the, the tab on the side of it. And that was my go-to rainy day movie, really any day movie pretty obsessed with it. You know, if it was on TBS, I was usually talking to my friends about it. For a PG-rated movie, I, I guess, right. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, we should have reconsidered the early exposure for me there. But yeah, I had an early obsession with the film. Basically moved up to Martha's Vineyard through a friend from the University of Colorado, believe it or not. I was from the East Coast, hmm. went to school out in Colorado. Okay. And a friend of mine, his family owns some businesses there. So I worked at the paper store in the summer of 2005. That was my first full season on island. And coincidentally, they held Jaws Fest that June. So I had known that it was filmed there. And I was a big enough fan that it all felt familiar to me. Um, but as you know, Eggertown and Amity are not one in the same. So uh, kind of started to motivate me to pay a little closer attention. You know, right. I was... Uh, really intrigued by seeing people dressed up as Chief Brody walking across the sidewalk right uh, towards the door of the store I was working at. Yeah, just the the whole kind of early season boost and spark that that game gave to the island. I also saw how much the business owners appreciated it. And, um, you know, coming out of that welfare winter, of course, uh, yeah. the business owners were, you know, not used to seeing traffic in June like we're lucky to see today. So it was really a great timing held June 3rd through 5th, if I remember correctly, and a nice kind of uh, post Memorial Day pre 4th of July spark for the local island economy. So, you know, it wasn't like people were turning their their noses to it. They were turning their palms, as I think Gottlieb says in the Jaws log. Right, right. Um, so they were accepting of the fans being there. Yeah, I think we saw a little bit of 1974, a little bit of mm -hmm. people possibly being skeptical and then. They see the fans come in. They see the money that comes along with it, just like the movie production did in 74. Right. Um, and every, everybody was welcome. It was really a great event. Uh, okay, yeah. Flash forward six years before I actually made it back to Edgartown. In the interim, I had become a tour guide out in Colorado. Right. So I kind of knew a lot about the process of a tour. I went through some guide training and and helped uh, the company I work for in the Winter Vale Resorts, help them build out a summer tour company uh, with all of the nice resources that they had, did driver training, professional driver training. Right. Tried to really take a lot of that format to the Egertown Tour Company. At first, I thought, Egertown, they don't really have a big push for the historical walking tours. The architecture there is still so beautiful, so well-maintained, which is why we're still able to visit Amity, because we've taken uh, great pride in our, our whaling history and the architecture there. Yep. So I figured, you know, I'm, I'm going to start this tour company and I'll probably be doing history tours, you know, every day. I'll, I'm sure people are going to want those every day, but I got to do a Jaws tour. I'm a huge fan of the movie. Maybe I'll be lucky enough to do that once, twice a week. Well, it's the opposite. I do the Jaws tour every single day and the history tour usually 
two, maybe three times a week. Oh, so, wow. That's uh, great. <laughs> as far as the, the two walking tours go, you know, the Jaws tour is my bread and butter. It's one of my favorite hours of the day. It's something that I try to offer yep. pretty much every day, sometimes at different times. It's rewarding. I'm able to give people a glimpse into Amity, really kind of showing things that are some in plain sight, but a lot of other things kind of hidden in the mix and, and really pull out a lot of what we can still see from that film that's uh, so obviously recognizable today. Right, right. And it's a total game changer, even from someone who's a seasoned, well-versed fan of Jaws to take your tour was, it was a game changer for me personally. And I remember on the tour, you were saying you, your clients over the years were not only from the USA, but they were, but also from Europe and other parts of the world. Uh, do you think that Jaws still has a global reach even today? Uh, there's no doubt about it. I honestly think the UK, maybe more specifically England, probably has the biggest fan base per capita. Wow. Um, it seemed like before yeah. COVID, most of my walking tours had a guest from England. Cool. Uh, I would say even more often than somebody would say they're from Boston. That's how I start the tour. Where are you from? Where are you coming from? Mm -hmm. I know that I've been interviewed and appeared on French TV, uh, as well as a nice article in the Telegraph newspaper. Okay. And, you know, it, it just kind of goes to show if they're willing to put that in print, uh, there's still a huge fan base over there. I know they still air it on TV. If I had to make a guess, I would say I've had somewhere near 40 different countries have found their way wow. onto my tour in 11, 12 years now. Oftentimes, people tell me that they only visited MV to see scenes from Jaws. Right, right. Uh, People also tell me that that was the sole purpose of their trip to the United States. And for that group, I, I call that the Jaws pilgrimage. Yeah. If they come over just for, and you know, usually they want to go see Boston and they want to go see sure. uh, maybe New York or, or who knows where. Um, but they get uh, the cameras the out and they, they get, yeah, they get all the cameras out and the goosebumps and stuff because you're, when they're at the Jaws locations, because it means so much to them. That's how it was with right. me. When I went to Martha's Vineyard for the first time, I tried to do a self-tour with information I gathered from the internet, but it was lacking because I was running into logistical issues with parking and driving. I missed out on a ton. There's a lot to that. That's a giant island. And uh, the magic was when I booked your tour and you picked my wife and I up at the hotel and you took us all over. Could you tell the listeners what you also bring to the table in your tour that they can't, you could try to do it by yourself, but you bring something special. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? I think I'm one of the biggest fans of the movie on the island. I don't worry about other people offering Jaws tours. I'm not the only one. I wouldn't try to tell you I am, uh, but I'm the original. And mm -hmm. it started with a motivation to provide something, like I said, that, that I love. With me, you know, you're, you're getting a big fan of the film. There's no doubt about that to start. And right. logistics are a big part of it. A lot of folks do come to the island, uh, even if they bring their automobile, MV is a unique and beautiful place uh, that comes with some unique and less than beautiful navigation issues. And, right. you know, the, the island was not built for the automobile. So like you said, parking, uh, just driving around and kind of getting from place to place. And then certainly there's a lot of things right there in plain sight and yep. anybody can stumble on it. But I think even in those scenes, I really try to offer a different type of perspective and understand that. Uh, some people want to spend a little more time in a certain place because they have a connection and they traveled so far for it. I get out and I walk through a lot of these locations and I spend a lot of time, even in my free time, right. on these beaches, reading the Jaws log. I remember sitting next to the Eggertown Lighthouse, reading the Jaws log, and I'm looking at photos and then looking over at the homes and saying, that's that one, that's this one. I really take pride in being somewhat of a official or unofficial ambassador uh, for Jaws fans that, that come to visit 
the island for sure. And then, you know, a big thing with, with any tour when you go visit a place is time management. The yep. things that we can see in one day that might take someone, you know, close to a week or right. at least a few days to try to push all those things through. And then you hate to go to one place and then hear the next day from somebody, oh, did you see this when you were on the other side of the island 27 miles away? And you say, nope, and I'm not going to be able to make it back there. Right. Uh, those things I include all along the way. So it's really, like I said, something that I take pride in. I also enjoy really showing people, especially Jaws fans, getting them a better appreciation for Martha's Vineyard and Town. I meet a lot of people who, you know, ask me to keep things heavy on the Jaws spectrum. Sometimes I have folks that show up on the island, book me for an island tour, and they didn't even know Jaws was filmed there. Wow. So we start all to right. talk about it. But even the biggest of Jaws fans, they start to learn about the whaling history. They learn about why the town has preserved uh, Agartown to look so beautiful for us and mm-hmm. so recognizable as Amity. And I really think that, you know, the combination is something that I, I try to offer everybody. So I, I take pride in it. I love that people are willing to travel so far and come visit us. And I'm going to give you my best every time you do. And it was so apparent on the tour that in what you do, one of the biggest things was when I was by myself, it was just my wife and I. And it was, you go, okay, it's here. And then you spend all the time looking for that exact location, having someone like yourself that's already done all the legwork and taking you right to that spot. We hit so many locations in that tour time. You're just, it's, it's nonstop. You're just going, whoa, all right. And it was, that's, we're going to get into that a little bit later, but I can totally understand what you're saying. And it shows the work that you did and the passion that you have. It shows in the efficiency of the tour and the amount of locations that you fit in there. One of the things and you kind of touch on the third element there that that's, that's big is the fans that I've been able to connect with. Right. Um, You know, walking down the street with you and looking over at the telephone pole and you telling me that, you know, that that's the original pole because you recognize the spike markings on the side of the pole and the yep. guys that had to climb it at that time that don't climb it now, I never would have put that together. But <laughs> since our walk together, I pointed that out to other guests. Oh, and, that's great. <laughs> um, you, you know, uh, then our time over in Aquina, um, yep. you know, I, I thought Hooper's rock was gone. <laughs> I never would have really thought about the perspective of the lighting. I never would have really taken the time to fully go through that unless you wanted to do it with me. Oh, and, cool. Meeting so many great fans, so many people that have different perspectives of it, that have looked at all of these small details, because you you really can't learn about Jaws from many of the locals. There is a local fan base, there's no doubt about it, but they have been so conditioned to see Edgartown that sometimes they miss Amity, if that makes sense. They know Martha's Vineyard so well that they don't necessarily think of how unique Amity was and how they put it together for the film. So yeah, I, I think there's a, a big combination there. Being a big fan myself, knowing the island pretty well and learning a lot about the I mean, very well. I've been a tour guide there for over a decade, 11, now 12 years of meeting some of the biggest fans in the Jaws base. There's no doubt that, that that's invaluable. That's, um, that's and that's great. something that I'll never not appreciate is being able to meet people that looked at it through a little bit of a different lens than I do and have a different kind of background right. like, like you do. And then being able to kind of fill in a lot of small things that, you know, I certainly would have overlooked as well. Right. So you, you're, you're able to glean all that information from all these different people that come into your lexicon there into into your bubble. And then that makes you into a more well-rounded tour. It's, 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 it's unbelievable because your longevity there is all that, all those little 
pieces are added in. It's funny because you mentioned Hooper's Rock, and to all the listeners, this is the one man that knows which one is Hooper's Rock and where it is. Um, he will tell yeah. you. Uh, it's not the one you might think. And time has a way of changing the island. This is going to be 50 years old. The movie was filmed 50 years ago, you know, in 2024. And so a lot of the locations and exact angles, some are still a big mystery. And I know you touched on it already, but can you elaborate on how there are still many mythologies and wrong locations pushed by locals and kind of internet errors? Your extensive knowledge, you can bring your clients to the exact areas of filming. I guess you just did, but do you would you have anything to add about that that people might go there and then say they'll go ask someone at a store and i remember you brought up the example about the uh the beach the changing rooms and some people might oh, yeah. some people that actually live on martha's vineyard say oh yeah that scene was filmed over there but it is not um exactly and you know we we, we can't fix the internet and right uh I, I would never say that the locals need fixing, right. um, but <laughs> there, there, there is that kind of gap between um, what people have seen so often online and then kind of presumed to be true that, that some of it has been led to become fact. Uh, a lot, you know, a big one for me is the hardware store. Okay. That was kind of a, a massive eye-opening thing for me when I realized, no, that is, that's one, not the paper store. Yep. Um, and for years and years, we presumed it was the Agritown hardware store halfway up the block. And that's not it either. Uh, but come along on the door and I'll show you exactly which building it is. Uh, the, the changing rooms that you talk about, the cabanas, the, they were built as props for mm -hmm. the, the film itself. You know, everything on the beach scene was built out. We don't have restrooms. We don't have cabanas. There's no hot dog stand. There's no arcade. But that was meant to show the infrastructure that existed on the island. They're, they're showing us that everything revolves around people visiting the beaches and having a good time and feeling safe at the beaches. So they didn't want it to look like a place that just had, you know, natural sand dunes and right. um, a couple nice open places you could visit and a nice place to park the car. They needed to show us that this was a, a, a summer destination, a summer community. And it was all, they had all of their eggs in that one basket. We do have beach cabanas on the island over at the Chappaquiddick Beach Club. And the little old lady who gives tours at the lighthouse tells people every single day it was filmed right over there at the Chappie Beach Club. Absolutely not. The beach club, right. I'm sure that they weren't even approached. I don't think they wanted anything to do with it. Their cabanas are a different size, shape, and color. Mm -hmm. But unless somebody cares to look close enough at that, they would just say, oh, yeah, close enough. And then they roll with it and they tell somebody else. And, mm -hmm. and I never like try to police that or anything, but I, um, I'm not going to go over and and shake down the, uh, the lady given lighthouse tours. <laughs> but you're but, passionate, uh, you're passionate enough about Jaws is that you, if a fan is coming from, let's say halfway around the world, they, you want them to see the actual location. I mean, that's, that's part of your passion. And I can see why that would bother, it bo would bo bother me, you know? So it, that's really neat that, and that's what I'm trying to stress to people that if you are going, you have to look Mike up because this is, he has the passion to show you the actual real locations. Yeah. And I don't want to break anybody's heart when they take a photo next to something and they say, Hey, this is the Cedar Shingle building where, you know, Chief Brody, uh, mm -hmm. through rocks or coins or whatever at the window when, when he was trying to uh, get Hendrix's attention there. But mm -hmm. there's a lot of cedar shingles in mm -hmm. Agartown. You know, there's a lot of gray cedar shingle and some of it along the waterfront, it looks so close, mm -hmm. but then you start to think about, okay, well, how did they get the permit to film here? And Bob Carroll was pulling, he owned this section of waterfront so he could basically, you know, give them the blessing to run free in certain areas where other places it wouldn't have worked with the function of the town. 
if you have any low top one or two favorite locations on your tour to see the reactions of the fans, the bridge scene is a fan favorite. It's a tough one to break down because okay. of kind of that Amity Martha's Vineyard discrepancy. You know, there is a new yep. bridge there replaced in I think 2011 or that of course doesn't matter to the fans, you know, but I, I love that spot because when we are standing there, even without all of the things that Joe Alves built for the film, even without all of those props, we can get out on the beach and I can show you yeah. even the eroded coastline looking back towards Oak Bluffs and you feel like you can see that raft washing ashore. Yeah. You, know, you feel like you're looking at the same waters. You turn around and you look at that rock jetty um, and I can put you on the exact rocks uh, yep. because, you know, yes, you can. Your, your time's valuable. <laughs> um, but the... The uh, the response that I get from that location, even though I know it's a kind of, I don't want to say uh, like an easy to find or definitely not a generic location, but it, it, it anybody can point you to the bridge. But you, you're able to really see somebody appreciate that they're in Amity and they haven't seen anything built yet, but they're just on that beach and the water feels similar. Yep. The tide feels similar. They're looking at the gap into the estuary, and that estuary scene is so iconic. You know, you're halfway into the movie at that point. That's the first time you see the shark. Yep. And it just changes you as a viewer, right? Right, it does. Um, it totally there's, does. There's there's such a turning point that happens right there that I think it kind of uh, it just it just resonates. They know that they're there, and then the people that kind of get brought along on the tour, be it a um, wife, husband. Yep. boyfriend, girlfriend, family member, kids, whoever, they've probably, whether they've wanted to or not, seen Jaws enough times that when they get out there, they all of a sudden start to look around and say, oh yeah, I do recognize this. So right. when I get a couple of skeptics and, you know, I always try to do a well-rounded tour so that everybody gets something out of it. But certainly I see a lot of situations where mom or dad is a big Jaws fan and then somebody else in the family is just kind of like, nah, it's their thing. Yeah. When you right. get them out at the bridge and they're taking photos and they want to be in a photo and they're running along the rock jetty or <laughs> uh, trying, hey, how did this how did this happen? How did they get over there? And what is it? Oh, okay. So they were really playing with the angles and, and it is a, a nice place where you can also see how Spielberg created Amity out of the canvas that he was using from Martha's Vineyard. North on Amity is is not north on Martha's Vineyard. I, right. I don't try to look too closely into that, but we just know that there's things that they had to sure. kind of make concessions on or make adjustments on to get that shot in. Sure. And it's fun to kind of dissect and get into a little bit about the movie making side of it. So I think it's a, there's a wow factor and, and kind of build value in being the guide at that location. And it's a really great place to start off the tour or to end off the tour. Um, some people love jumping off that bridge, you sure. know, lifelong dream to do it. Uh, <laughs> some people are amazed that they can walk out and they can pick up the sand that was, who knows, maybe blown through the grass since right. 1974. But uh, we still have that same piece of the island looking so similar. So that's definitely a big one for me is is the bridge. Um, I love walking through downtown Egertown because Egertown's my home yeah. as well as my favorite fictional town. And I've been through every door I've seen uh, stores and restaurants come and go, but we can still go walk through what feels like Amity any day of the week. For that, I, I can't credit enough the Egertown Township itself, mm -hmm, right. as well as the historical society and the residents, the business owners. People are on board with keeping that place looking beautiful. And in my opinion, it's never looked as good as it, it does right now. Right. But that familiarity to just be able to kind of take a stroll through, whether it's following Brody's footsteps or turning down a block that didn't appear in the film. Right. And then kind of just unfolding. Oh, yeah. 
this is familiar. I recognize this and they can really enjoy a day in Amity still. So that's a lot of fun for me. Oh, that's fantastic. As you know, the inspiration of Jaws, uh, the Jaws obsession and the big announcement that we have coming up on episode 20, it was solidified on your complete tour that, that you took my wife and I on. The history of the island apart from Jaws is extensive and fascinating. I learned so much. Can you please tell the differences in the different tour packages and what to expect in each of them? Do you still do a full tour or do you just stick to one hour? I, mean, I do the one hour walking tour, as okay. I mentioned, as well as an all island tour that's kind of extended for Jaws fans. All right. It can, I used to market it by hours. Now I kind of go more about content, but basically like a four hour or five hour tour, they it's, go yeah. much faster than that. But it's a big island, you know, mm -hmm. and to really see the whole island and be able to take the time to get in and out of the vehicle. I don't really like just driving past things and pointing to it and mm -hmm. hoping that you got a good view or hoping that you, you had your phone ready. Right. Um, I, I do love doing both of them, you know, so the walking tour is in downtown Egertown or downtown Amity. Much more of a walk through the scenes that happen there. It actually starts off with, you know, about a 10 minute chat, if I can keep it to 10. Yep. Uh, kind of a synopsis of the production, uh, the film's success, and opening up uh, a little bit about how some of the guests on my tour might relate to the film. Um, I can learn a little bit about the guests at the beginning of the tour and then actually adjust the tour. As you know, I don't run on a script. Right. So right. You know, if I know something is really important to one of the guests there, uh, I usually try to come back to it when I have a good visual example. Okay. And that, that one's a group tour. It runs almost every day. And it, it's just a great way to spend an hour. Whether you're young, old, I, I certainly make every adjustment I can for any sort of mobility issues. You know, the town is is pretty good there, even with our old sidewalks. Uh, I, I think it's a tour for everybody, even if they, they had no idea Jaws was filmed there. I have people who haven't even seen the movie, hmm. but they get excited to walk around and uh, look at things on the iPad and then know that that was filmed in 1974. And look at how it still looks the same right uh today nearly nearly 50 years later and as you know with that great efforts of preservation in town i mean Egertown hasn't changed a whole lot in the past 200 years so right it's great for us as jaws fans <clears throat> the island tour is more in depth it allows us to see the entire island as well as visit the many different filming locations around martha's vineyard those are private and can really cover a whole slew of information um, again, if, if you tell me that this particular scene is your favorite, uh, we're going to get out. We're going to spend more time over there. We're going to talk about that more between the stops, try to make sure that um, I'm addressing anything that really stands out to the guests because everybody connects to each scene a little bit differently for different reasons. That one gives us <clears throat> the ability to learn a lot about Martha's Vineyard, to see really all of the main sites that mm -hmm. bring people to visit the island. The beautiful cliffs of Aquina were not featured in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, the Native American tribe, as I heard, the Wampanoag tribe had asked Spielberg not to show those because those were sacred. But, you know, we get to see the billboard scene while we're over there, maybe Hooper's Rock. Mm -hmm. um, sure. And, <laughs> you know, that, that's it's uh, it's tough to go to Martha's Vineyard and not see those cliffs. I mean, it, it right. would be a, a shame for anyone to take a tour and and not get that in there as well. Seeing Menemsha, where Quint lived, oh. and being able to get back into those locations. Um, again, getting all of that time in Egertown to uh, see everything that's still so recognizable around there. And then, you know, there's a lot of time to talk and discuss things in further detail. And it helps me right. uh, pick up on a lot of new things when I get 
guests that are are so tuned into the ins and outs, a lot of the small details in Jaws. Yeah, uh, it, it really it flies right by. I think sometimes people are intimidated by the time, but it's a big island. We're 100 square miles. It's a beautiful island end to end. And for folks who have the time, mm-hmm. you know, are willing to budget for that one, it's honestly, I, I think it's one of the, the best ways to experience Martha's Vineyard, is it, my belief there. It, it absolutely is. As they said in the movie. And that's why I keep them private, is because I, I want it to be for you. I don't want to combine groups that say, you know, hey, I'm not as into this movie as, as Ryan keeps asking about Jaws, and I want to learn about, uh, right. you know, I want to learn about whaling, or I want to learn about how long it takes for cedar shingles to age. Right. All of that is great, and all of that is fun, but I... I I don't do group tours for the island tour because it is so customizable and so specific to the guest, which that, that's then why it's so special. Sure the quality's there. Yeah, that that's so special because I don't think I can stress that enough. Is that Mike? He tailors this to. He talks to you before the tour. He finds out are you a Jaws fan, and if he finds out you're a serious Jaws fan, well, what's your couple of your favorite scenes? He knew I liked Quint, right? So he takes me to Menemsha, and we spent more time there. So you you have to realize that you can't find this type of passion in uh, many places. And we as a Jaws community have uh, Mike. Uh, this is such a huge asset, and uh, and I can't stress how important that is enough. As they said in the movie, Amity is a summer town. They need summer dollars, and it gets insanely busy on Martha's Vineyard in the summer months. I found that late summer or early fall to be a great time to get empty beaches. It was almost like the island was to ourselves. In order to avoid the summer chaos, do you? what's the earliest and latest dates that you book the tours, and do you recommend certain times over another time? I, I typically open my season around the first week or second week of May, mm-hmm. and I usually run right through mid-October. Um, this year, with a wedding and some uh, ski patrol training I have out in Colorado, I don't think October is going to be on the books. I may end up going back for the second half of the month. Okay. Um, but this year I'm planning on going from mid-May right to the end of September. I do think September and June are, and, and even May, they're, they're great time to be on the island. There's there's really not a bad time. Right. But it is a little bit easier to get in and out. It's easier on me as the guide yep. by way of parking. But I wouldn't let that deter anybody from coming during the peak season. And again, I know how to deal with the island during the peak season, kind of taking different routes, knowing which way the traffic flows, kind of understanding if the drawbridge goes up, you're in big trouble, or knowing uh, how those traffic patterns move into Agritown from one side of the island or the other. That can make a huge difference, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And for some folks, they're only on the island for the time that I have them. Right. So, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit cushier, I think in the the preseason and the later season, I don't exclude things from the tour just because the island's busy. Right. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'm never I'm never really skipping something just because we can't get there. I try to just plan to make sure that we get there at the right time. Right. The right way. So you know my start times for the tours at peak season. Um, sometimes I encourage people. Yeah. You know maybe we'll get going. We'll, we'll pick up a cup of coffee on the way, or if you can get a quick breakfast before that. That's great. Um, at the same time, somebody's on vacation. I'm not dragging them out of bed at 7 a.m., but right. you know, it, it does make a big difference at peak season if we can start at, say, 9 a.m. compared to 10. Because right. everybody else got out at 10 o'clock, and then we're all kind of part of a similar pulse that moves around the island if that's what people are up to for the day. Right. But um, 
you know, as, as far as the seasonality, you can't beat September on Martha's Vineyard. It, it gets a little cooler. You're not sweating so much. The humidity seems to back off, but the weather still stays, you know, high 60s, low 70s. Oh, yeah. A lot of the kiddos head back to school, so you don't have to worry about stepping on them if you're walking through town. Right. And we become such a big wedding destination that time of year that we really, I think we still have, you know, the island doesn't feel dead. It certainly doesn't feel like we've turned it off too much. It kind of just gets a little bit of a different pulse to it there. But everything's usually still open. Most of the businesses, pretty much all of the restaurants. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, again, I can't stress enough. There's not a bad time. But right. uh, if I had to name one time, I tell my family to visit in September. September. Okay. There's so many locations to the island and I, we're going to have to bring you back, you know, for a, maybe a location spotlight. It would, uh, where we, we, because there's so many locations I'd love to talk about, but to be on a specific location in Jaws is pretty thrilling. Standing in the same spot where the movie was filmed. And my, one of my great memories was where you showed us the exact point using your massive tablet where you were playing frames from the movie and where Chrissy enters the water and gets attacked at the beginning of the movie. Can you talk about how you use, you actually incorporate technology and your extensive knowledge of the film to pinpoint exact locations like this that were, that were used in filming, but because the buoy's not there anymore, it's everything's changed, but you were able to use backdrops, and so an amateur sightseer might find themselves at the wrong beach or on the wrong part of the right beach. Can you uh, elaborate on your use of technology during the tour? Absolutely. You know, I bring that iPad along. I kind of have tried to triangulate a lot of landmarkings, um, and no, you know, that buoy is not off of Menemsha, as I heard a guy tell his crew last summer. Mm. Um, it's It's a beach, right? It's a two and a half mile stretch of beach. So it's mm -hmm. easy to feel like it all looks the same, especially without some of those props from the film. As you know, the, the run along the beach, it was actually six miles away. And right. Chrissy ran into <laughs> the water near the bend in the road. And, and that was more logistics about filming. Yeah. And you know, I, I start that conversation on the tour all the time to help people recognize that, Hey, our one way streets are not the same as the one way streets in Amity. Um, cars drive the other direction, you know, yep. Chrissy can run down any beach and then run into the water anywhere else. And although it was, you know, 99 point whatever percent filmed on Martha's Vineyard, they piece those things together. So sure. Sure. Uh, I think we're lucky to be able to now bring a tablet, a telephone, anything else, still photos to these locations and, and really get a nice close uh, comparison of, of it all. This is, there's one other aspect and I'll tell you this. I didn't tell you this story, but it's really, really, really quick is that when you showed us where, where Chrissy went into the water and there is like, there, there is, there is a buoy out there. It's not the buoy from the movie, but there is something out there. And we were kind of like, okay, so the tour was over. I went back there with my wife and this was in, I think we were in like what mid October. And like early I, October. Yeah. And I, or yeah, it was, it was, yeah, early October. And I just, and I said, you know what? I came all this way. I'm going to swim for that buoy. Did you? Nice. Now, now, wait a second. <laughs> so I, she goes, you're crazy. And I said, all right, you know, the water was, it was cold, but it was tolerable. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I got in that water and I'm telling you right now, the rush of adrenaline, I got maybe three minutes out and all of a sudden, the the white sharks off of Cape Cod from Discovery Channel, all that comes rushing to you. You're in the same area. It was extremely terrifying. And I'm kind of well-versed in water. I 
did an about face and I went right back to shore so fast. It was more thrilling than any roller coaster you could have. So any Jaws fans out there, you find Mike, he put you on that beach. I dare you to try to swim to that buoy because you won't. <laughs> it's that terrifying and it's the same water. It's the same. It's very Jawsy feel to it. And I'll tell you what, when you lose the vision of the, of the bottom and you're just seeing blue, you get... I just turned around and headed right back and it was my heart was racing it was great it was a, it was one of the best roller coaster experiences ever and I think you got to make that a central part tell those people that you go on the tour say hey listen if you come back here you're not hearing it from me but it's one of the biggest thrill rides is try to swim to that buoy and see if you can make it yeah <laughs> yeah there's got to be a correlation between uh, being a jaws fan and being a fast swimmer right right <laughs> right I, I always say ocean lake or swimming pool jaws made me Yes. One heck of a swimmer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was just that. So I'll never forget that time. And I appreciate you showing me the exact spot because that set up that whole moment. I really want to thank you for coming on the Jaws Obsession. But, but, but before we go, could you please give out your internet information, social media, so that fans can start booking these tours uh, for the locations and before more changes are made to the island? Uh, we got to get these fans over there to find you so they can actually see these locations while they're still around. Sure, of course. Uh, thank you so much. It's EggertownTours.com. So that's E-D-G-A-R-T-O-W-N-T-O-U-R-S.com. Or the Eggertown Tour Company on Facebook, Instagram. I am not the best at social media, uh, but I do have a group that's probably going to take that over. Okay. This summer, so hopefully it becomes a little bit of a, a better resource, but definitely a, a, an okay way to contact me. Mm -hmm. And then, as you said, for the uh, customizable tour, best to give me a call for that. Um, that one, I want to make sure that I get all the details right. So you can call me right. on the business line. It's 508-221-4582. And I don't get texts at that one, but you can give that one a call. And we can really discuss a lot about what your tour is going to be. And then I, I can really help you uh, kind of be a little bit of a concierge for the island as a whole. If folks need recommendations on places to stay, other things to do, places to eat. Right. Trust me, I know the best restaurants on that island. Yes, you do. Um, uh, I, I really like to talk with my guests and make sure they know what it takes to get there. It's not a tough place to get to, but it is a little bit unique because you can't just drive your car there. You have to take the ferry. Yep. You know, kind of having that little pre-trip uh, debriefing and consultation can go a long way to making sure that your visit is going to go as well as possible. Um, and, and, you know, for anybody who's interested in booking any tour is always welcome to, to reach out and give me a call. I, I do hiking tours. I do uh, pretty much anything that gets requested of me. I have people that want to go see some of the farms on the island. There's so many different levels to what Martha's Vineyard has to offer that if someone has an idea and I can figure out a good way to put it together, you know, I'm always happy to. That's great. That's great. It was Edgar Town Tour Company. Uh, in closing, Mike, I just wanted to say a giant thank you from the Jaws Obsession uh, and the Jaws community because your tour back in 2020 was a major catalyst in not just the creation of this show that we're on right now, but what we're going to be announcing in episode 20. And I was really inspired on that day that you gave uh, me the, the, the kick in the pants and needed to get this, uh, this show, this whole operation off the ground. And uh, your passion for Jaws is infectious. And I want to thank you for doing all that you do out there. And I just, I just want to say a big thank you from the Jaws Obsession. So 
I'm really glad you, you do what you do and that you're still doing it. You're still going strong. So thanks a lot. Yeah. And, and I, I appreciate that so much. It is, uh, I'm packing up in Colorado right now. I've got a big move ahead of me. I, I would not be moving cross country unless I love doing this and unless, um, you know, it, it really felt like it was a, a business I could continue with. But first and, and foremost, I love being back there. So I'm kind of in that big transition right now. It's so exciting to be talking about Jaws again. Absolutely. Huge congratulations to you. And I'm, I'm really excited for this podcast to uh, have become a, a reality. I can't think of anybody that would be better fit for the job than you are. You're so passionate about it. You have such a great analytical lens that you look through. And I think you talk about interesting things that I haven't been asked about, you know, time and time again. I never... I never fret being asked the same question over and over, but uh, you certainly are responsible for asking me and helping me find a lot of new insight to the film. Um, and the the little uh, glimpse you gave to me about the upcoming announcement, Jaws fans should be excited. Oh, this is this yeah. is going to be a great thing, <laughs> and um, um, you know you've got me as a, a fan and a listener here. And um, I'm really excited to chat with you again. Thanks so much. That's awesome. Mike, thank you so much for being on the show. And, uh, and we're going to make sure that you could play this in the, in the, the tour vehicle for, uh, for all your uh, tours in the upcoming future. Thanks for coming on. For sure. For sure. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Well, there you have it. And that was Mr. Mike Currid of the Eggertown Tour Company. Uh, the website is Eggertown Tours, E-D-G-A-R-T-O-W-N. T-O-U-R-S dot com, Eggertown Tour Company. If you go to the description of whatever platform you're listening on, I'm going to put the links and his contact information into this description so you can go and you can uh, contact Mike and uh, book that tour. So I'd like to thank Mike for coming on the show and making this a special episode. Before we check out, we're coming down to the stretch here, and we're almost to episode 20. I'm already hearing rumors and massive uh, clues and hints being discovered out there. And of course, I can neither confirm or deny them. We don't want to blow the surprise, but I do know that the excitement is building. So much so that John Tedder over at Quince Shark and Shack, uh, he's including with every order now a few surprises which let you in on the big secret behind episode 20. So for any of those out there that don't like the suspense or you want to get ahead of the rumor mill, just place an order over at Quince Shark and Shack over at Etsy.com. Uh, there John has a lot of Jaws memorabilia that he works on and you'll receive a little something in every order, no matter how small the order is, you're going to receive a little something, maybe two or three. It's going to give you a sneak peek at what we have in store for the Jaws world. You can kind of piece it together, but we're, we're excited to be so close. It seems like it's been a long, ar arduous journey, but we're almost there. So this is fun. This is exciting. Uh, we're happy to see people that are already excited and already pushing, pushing out the good word about uh, what we have going on over here at the Jaws Obsession. I appreciate all the comments coming in. So keep the excitement up. We're almost there. Show me the way to go I'm tired, I wanna go to bed And remember, it doesn't end there. Episode 20 is the continuation and uh, we are gonna push this and keep going and going. So it's exciting to finally be able to talk freely 
after episode 20 to be able to discuss what we're actually have going on here. The movie Jaws is copyrighted property of Universal Studios. Any references and sampling from the movie Jaws in this episode is intended to fall within section 107 of the Copyright Act. The copyrighted materials are fairly used for the purposes of criticism, comment, reporting, teaching, and research. The materials used here are protected by the fair use guidelines of section 107 of the Copyright Act, all rights reserved to the copyright owners. I want to thank you for the your time in listening to this episode. Uh, please remember to like, follow, subscribe, write a review on uh, the platform that you're listening on. It helps the algorithm. Uh, anytime you do that, it helps the algorithm place the show higher on recommendation lists. When you do, when you do that, you can always write an email over here, JawsOB2025 at gmail.com. Always like to hear from you. And that brings episode 17 to a close. Get ready for 18. 18 is going to be probably one of the most important episodes in the series. Thanks for listening. Until next week, farewell and adieu, and show me the way to go home. <laughs>